I'm just saying, if you don't come clean to us, those investigators, well, they just might question the honesty of somebody that wears a coat pulled from the lost and found. Fuck this! No, fuck you! I don't know which one of you pieces of shit did this, but I've been good to you, and you pay me back with nonstop ass rape! Well, fuck off! Nonstop ass rape. Welcome, everyone, to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli. I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. My name's Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 72 episodes of The Sopranos. And uh, we're about to discuss uh, episode 7 of season 6, Luxury Lounge. And what an episode it is, especially for our main man, Artie. But who helped Artie put this this thing together? This episode was written by Matthew Weiner, the creator of Mad Men. It was directed by Danny Liner. Uh, this is the only episode of The Sopranos he directed. Uh, he did pass away in 2018 of lung cancer, uh, RIP. Mm-hmm. He also directed the movies Harold and Kumar uh, Go to White Castle and Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, he also directed an episode of The Gilmore Girls, uh, yeah. called Runaway Little Boy, uh, where Rory and Tristan are cast as Romeo and Juliet in a school play and Jealous Dean insists on attending every rehearsal. Uh, I know <laughs> people think that sounds bad, but it's a good show. Uh, Freaks and Geeks. Wait, 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 wait. Are we keeping up the streak of yes. referencing Gilmore Girls in every episode? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> nice. He also uh, directed episodes, uh, an episode of Freaks and Geeks, the show Strangers with Candy, Arrested Development. So actually a lot of great comedies. And I mean, this has got some comedic elements in this episode. So, uh, what a great what a great pull for him to, to 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 direct an episode of The Sopranos. It's episodes like this that makes me think, yeah, The Sopranos is just a comedy, and sometimes people get murdered, and sometimes there are serious moments. Like, yeah. <laughs> this episode is extremely comedic, and uh, you know, it, it's well put together as well. It's obviously not just a comedy, but I mean. It's it's so funny. It's one of the funnier episodes, I, I would say. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, Sopranos is always always good with the comedy. And I mean, with the way this season's been going, um, it is it's not really like a break or anything because I think it's still kind of you know chugging along with everything else this season's been going. But uh, you know, it's it's kind of nice to check in with Artie. It feels like it's been quite a while. Uh, mm-hmm. since we've seen Artie, like, at, le- at least kind of up close and personal for a little bit here. So I welcome it personally. Well, I got to say that every time I get the sense that, oh, this is an Artie episode, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I know this is going to take me longer to watch than your average episode because I'm going to need breaks. <laughs> because sometimes there's this, just this awkward tension of him, like, flirting with people or talking to people. And, you know, the one where he started trying to go into business and ended up, he went to get some money from this French guy and got beaten up instead. And, you know, obviously classic moments like shooting, uh, uh, almost shooting Tony with with his rifle. All these things are so, uh, it's so hard to get through. Um, But this episode, in a weird way, kind of does all that but Artie goes like full Artie where other time, most of the other times it's like he's just he sort of uh rolls over and gives up and at the end he's just a defeated man but in this one there are moments where he says well fuck it anyways then <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> expresses this 
frustration with everything that just I mean it does it lands him in a whole lot of trouble, but uh it's it's very entertaining to watch. Yes, yeah, and we also get to kind of parallel that with uh Chris uh taking a trip to Hollywood and kind of getting a taste of the Hollywood glitz and glamour uh, with a meeting with uh Ben Kingsley. Um, and I mean, there's also, I mean, there's stuff going on here because I mean, Artie talks about how his father told him like, don't worry, son, you know, hard work pays off and it's got to be tough for someone like him. He's surrounded. I mean, his business is surrounded by, uh, these dudes that don't really work that hard and kind of get whatever they want and also rip him off in a way too. But it's also like the bread and butter of his business. And then we got Christopher, looking at these celebrities getting all this other free stuff and, you know, he, he's coveting his own things. And it's all tied in a nice little package with some uh, Italians, you know, marveling their own stuff. Everyone's got stuff in this episode. People want things. They want watches. They want nice pens or whatever the fuck. Uh, so there's got to be something there, right? Yeah, the the storyline with the assassins coming over from the old country felt, uh, you know, it's quite different from the other ones. Uh, although the bits at the end there, like you mentioned, of them just uh, eh, having these products uh, that they've gotten from the big, the big country of America, the new country, yeah. it does tie in in a way as well. So that that is actually where we start with the two of them arriving. We have the drug addict from the last episode uh, explaining to them where to find this guy that they got to take out. And they want to kind of chit-chat, but he's not interested in that from what I read. But it, basically just to set up the storyline, right? Well, and especially this this thing with Rusty, like, it's taken such a backseat. I, I mean, this is kind of like the main mob story of this episode. And I mean, and, and it's been building, I guess, for at least like the, the previous two as well. Because what, it was brought up at the wedding when we were re- reminded that Rusty exists. Uh, and then Johnny was asking Tony about it, and Tony didn't w- want to do it. And then he did decide to do it in a, a secretive manner. Christopher yeah. thought it was a pussy move at first, but then once Tony beat up uh, Muscles Marinara, Marinara and showed his alpha maleness, Chris is like, yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, and now we finally see the, uh, the, the these Italians, you know, yeah, coming over from the from the homeland. To, to pull off this murder. But I just like that it's not... I mean, even in earlier seasons of The Sopranos, this would be, like, much more of a bigger deal. And there's still all this, like, potential that will this cause beef with New York or problems with, uh, you know, Tony and... Well, New Jersey and New York. Like, the show loves to play with that. But at this point, it's like... It feels like nothing ever is going to happen, you know? Because it's always... Yeah. You know, oh, what's going on with New York? Are they mad at Tony? Or is Tony going to do the wrong thing? Ah, who cares? Yeah, no, and and it's not really a big thing at all. And also, like, the, you know, the, the characters we know from the New York side of things are, are all in favor of this being dealt with in this way. So, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's not super dramatic the way it's uh, handled, which makes sense. Like you said, it, it would have been maybe a bigger thing few seasons ago but it's also like nah we gotta focus on this restaurant real quick yeah and then eventually when trouble actually does brew it's because of like someone made a joke you know yes (laughs) that's what actually causes problems (laughs) not that you murdered someone else or whatever so yeah yeah 
Um, so we get started with the other or the main storyline here in the next scene, which is in uh, Vesuvio or Vesuvio's the Vesuvio. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, Vesuvio. Yeah. Um, so they're in the back room having a big dinner because they've opened the books and let some people in. Uh, you know, they've become made men. Remember when Christopher did that? Remember the bird? Ah, yeah. how time flies. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I mean, the basic gist of here is that like Artie's, Artie's kind of been off his game. Uh, but they're even, they're waiting for food. Uh, the, you get the idea that the food's maybe not quite as good as it, as it used to be. Uh, Phil's making comments. I, I forget if they mention here or not the new restaurant yet, but that kind of becomes up as a thing. There's this new, the new hotness uh, in Jersey. Um, which what's what's the name of that place? It's uh, I thought I had a note of it here. Ah, I'll find mm. it. But yeah, you know, yeah. there's the, there's a new place. Oh, da, uh, da Giovanni's. Da Giovanni's. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it's run by some kid who just happens to be great at what he does <laughs> and have a passion for it and not just keep uh, talking bullshit with the customers. Uh, Fel Leotardo reminds us that he's still upset. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes. <laughs> In his not so subtle. He stands up to give a little speech. <laughs> and it's like, it's an honor to be joined by men as opposed to. And he goes on a bit of a homophobic <laughs> rant there about the guy who married his cousin. Just kind of to remind us that that's still going on because there's nothing about that in the rest of the episode. It's really just at the start there. And like the new, uh, like one of the new made men is like, you know, uh, like the wine makes you emotional, Phil, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, Frank Vincent is really great. Um, I watched Casino again recently. And mm. I mean, he's in that. He's in Raging Bull. He's in Goodfellas. And uh, I, I like it was almost... When Sopranos was announced and it was a show, it was, like, inevitable. Like, when is Frank Vincent going to get on this show? They bring him in, and, like, he's kind of not really quite in the background, obviously, because he's been involved in some major storylines. But uh, seeing more of him, even when he goes off on his homophobic rants, uh, it's very welcome because he's great on the show. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, and he is the one who also brings up this uh, Da Giovanni when uh, when eventually the food comes in with Artie. And uh, yeah, they're very complimentary about that. Um, not towards Artie then. And so we have another quick scene outside the restaurant there where I think, yeah. Um, yeah, Chris we, we is... get up. Okay. Yeah, Chris sets up the whole LA trip. Yeah, and he does say something like, um, you know, you agreed to this in the hospital. And I mean, we know that it, it, Christopher did... He he picked his time. He chose his time very wisely on when to ask Tony about this because Tony was basically not even speaking, I believe, when he sat yeah. down and it was like, kind of, oh, you owe me this. Um, Tony's kind of like a little concerned that you know he's going to be out of town because then he, what he makes a comment like, oh, you need time off or you're working, and he's like, oh, you know, it's a little bit of both, and you know that sets that all up. Uh, Carlo comes in. I don't remember what Carlo says here does something yeah it's about yeah i don't know i think it's oh yeah because he's like all fired up about veto so this is the only other addition uh you know that additional thing where they talk about that where uh yeah tony just lays out his philosophy after having talked it out with this therapist which is you know veto shows up we'll deal with it and if not you know whatever 
And because he wants to get a private investigator to find Vito. And Tony's like, I don't give a shit about yeah. Vito. Like, but people are obviously still fired up about it. And Tony doesn't want to give the order to kill this guy or to, I don't think he wants it to happen at all. So he's just kind of like, just chill out about this. But it seems to me like that's going to move ahead with or without his blessing. And then he's going to end up in a position where he has to sanction something, et cetera. We'll see. Yeah. Then we have Rusty in his driveway. Uh, the Italians pull up. They're just playing the, you know, oh, hey, what dumb Italians? What about the map? And, you know, it's a, it's an easy hit. It's nice and easy. I like they even wait for him to roll down the window. I thought they were just going to start shooting him through the window, but yeah. they get him all distracted. The other guy comes around the driver's side, shoots the driver, shoots Rusty. So we got two more for the listing. Am I wrong? Yes, uh, we absolutely do. Let's add him to the board. Yep, let me pull it up here. I need my fucking. Um, Where's my counter? I need my goddamn counter real quick. Yeah, you do. We're at 63. 63 confirmed deaths. Uh, I will say as well about these deaths, we recently watched something else um, that uh, had, you know, in a criminal world where, like, there's, like, we you kill someone and then it's, like, we got to blow it up to hide the evidence or whatever. (laughs) And then you remember in The Sopranos, you, granted, they're Italian, but they're just like, oh, the guns are clean. You can just drop them there, and you can just drive off, and it'll all be fine. Yeah. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, you you leave the gun uh, because what are you going to do, get caught with the gun later? No, leave it there at the scene. That way there's nothing tying you to it. Well, can't you trace guns, Jim? It's not on a thing you can do. If it's registered, but it's not registered mm-hmm. to these guys. But what about the fingerprints on that thing? Jim? Yeah, fingerprints. Although I guess if they're from out of the country, they're not going to be in like a database, and they're not going to. The police aren't going to search like international databases. So it's nice. This is like the perfect crime. Just fly someone what in if, international. What have, about all their DNA, Jim? <laughs> they got DNA all up in this place. Let's get CSI on this. Nope, we won't because uh, it's another mob hit, and who cares? Um, well, you, but you're also try to pin it on the other mobsters, but you can't. So. You have to remember, like, even if like you personally got murdered, they're not going to bring in CSI or anything like that. They don't really care. <laughs> not to be no. cynical, but they don't care too much. Very true, because I'm a foreigner. But in yeah. my country, if I get murdered, ah, <laughs> oh, there it would be on the news. It actually would be probably, but. You know, not in a positive light uh, for me, personally. Anyway, Artie's uh, doing a shit job running his restaurant, just kind of talking shit to everyone. Even though, like, I swear there's, like, at least eight people in this episode who tell him to stop doing that, and he just refuses. Absolutely not. Um, you know, maybe until Tony says it. But, yeah, he goes up and talks to this guy who's always hanging out by the bar, Oakland, this girl. Oh, yeah, Benny. And, yeah. Yeah, Benny. Well, I love that um, he interrupts like a guy's in the like these people are having like a good conversation, and he just comes yeah. in and just like oh, and so, just kind of inserts himself in, and yeah. we see him making the same like, uh, hey, we're gonna have to put a high chair over the way you're looking at each other. We're gonna put a high chair over here. It always reminds me of um, uh, remember I I think it was the last Artie episode, which is very similar to this, where he got upset at someone who was with the hostess. Uh, remember mm. they were going to bring in the the like the like wine spritzers or whatever it was, and he's talking yeah. in the mirror like, hey, kiss, kiss, say, you know, you know, answer your phone. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the French guy, right? Who, yeah, who yeah. beat him up? Qu'est-ce que c'est? No phone plan or whatever he says. He was practicing in the mirror, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, like I love Artie, and I love uh, the actor that plays him. Like he, he has like that perfect. I don't want to say splash because there's a good amount of like uh, pathetic, uh, you know, patheticness to to Artie Bucco, but he is just average Joe, um, and he's just kind of caught up in this world and he he can't catch a break. But even going back to Artie's thing with Charmaine, like remember they broke up and then they yeah. just kind of like got back together. And I guess that's very similar to like Tony and Carmilla, but it it didn't really, like we didn't spend a lot of time with that. So I just like that it was almost like. Eh, we own a restaurant together. What are we going to do? Get divorced? Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we'll just stay together, I guess. Yeah, fuck it. I think that's exactly how it went down. And I, um, yeah, it's, I like that. I like that. And I'm also like, there's definitely missing pieces here. And I'm also like, why do you like Artie? Like, what is, because him going back to her, I can see. But like, her going back to him? Yeah. Uh, why? I guess it's because they own the restaurant, like you said. But no, she's actually quite... There's a couple of scenes which are actually quite sweet towards him. And yes. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this, like, probably ever. <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so we got uh, Benny, Chris, and Murmur uh, hanging out. And, yeah, we, we kind of see how uh, Artie makes some comments that Benny's always just sitting there, just staring at uh, this hostess, doesn't order food or anything, just kind of drinking booze. Um and then we kind of get some clips after that of what Murmur's kind of making collections and doing stuff, I guess, for Chris. Um, yeah, this bit confused me because obviously Murmur is his AA sponsor. Yeah. And I guess maybe he mentioned this to Tony early on um, that, you know, it's he's going to be covered. Because, yeah, he, he is basically doing the credit card th- collection thing and handing that over to uh, these guys who keep wanting people's credit cards. And... I thought at first I was like, oh, this guy's, he's an informant. He's going to get, like, he's going to meet his contact in the FBI or something. And I'm like, no, he's just doing mob stuff yeah. now. Because yeah. he just kind of hangs out. And now he does mob stuff too. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I guess he does mob stuff now. He's a connected guy. Then we go to Dodgy Ivani's. And I love how um, Tony plays this because you kind of can see that he feels bad that he's not at Artie's, uh, mm-hmm. which is. It's almost, I don't want to say it's un-Tony Soprano-like because it is kind of in Tony's wheelhouse, but it's almost like sweet in a way that that yeah. he's like feels bad and that the food is good and it is like kind of worth a place worth going to, but he, you know, he doesn't want to enjoy it. Yeah, but he really does. And everyone like applauds the, <laughs> the, the food and yeah. everything, which... Because they're really blown away by the whole thing. It's and it's um, also like it's brightly lit. Like it looks like a little bit more warm and welcoming to like Vesuvio's a little bit like like kind of dark. I mean, I guess it's dark and empty because Artie's ruining it. Um, it looks like it's uh, someone's nice uh, living room or yeah. dining room. Like that's the impression I got. Like really open, nice plates on the walls and. Yeah, it's a real nice contrast when we cut back to the empty <laughs> restaurant over there and we see this young, impressive uh, chef who, <laughs> again, gets applause. And it's at someone's wedding or something, I don't know. It's at it um, um, Phil's grandson's confirmation. Right. Okay. Uh, and Phil's there. And Phil uh, does thank 
Tony for the whole thing about with killing Rusty and that. And Tony plays it cool, but it feels like here it's maybe detrimental, hurting your relationship with Phil, which is already like <laughs> not always great. Yeah. Because Phil obviously is not, you know, he isn't loving his, his current employer. So maybe be a bit careful with Phil. But uh, no, he, he just kind of says, nah, I don't. I don't know anything about that. I didn't sign up for that. I was like, all right. Yeah, because I, I wonder, like, uh, I, I kind of like how Tony plays this, although I, I do agree with you, because, you know, there is potential that maybe Phil is just fishing here, where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Johnny told me to thank you for the, the headlines or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I, I get it. Like you do kind of want to, there's already this weird relationship they have. They have mentioned that Phil's been great since like with the, the, the new roles now, but you never know. And cause Johnny was concerned that if it got out that he was involved in the hit, that his captains and stuff would maybe, you know, fear for their own lives or something like that. Uh, we do yeah. get a quick shot. We do, we see Vito Jr. Getting bullied for his dad being gay. It's like a quick thing. <laughs> Um, and like, uh, Vito's wife's there and I guess, cause yeah, she's related to Phil. So it all kind of does make sense and keeping Mm -hmm. up appearances. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, standard family slash, uh, family, uh, uppercase family politics going on here. That's actually a great point you said about Phil, because after him talking about how his estimation uh, has fallen so much, it's kind of like. Well, maybe he didn't want Rusty to die anymore. Maybe he would have been fine with Rusty uh, sowing seeds of doubt and maybe propping Phil up as the new leader or whatever. So maybe it's a good thing not to tell him. But I just read from it, him going like, some guys might be a bit offended. Me? My heart's an open book. And it's like... (laughs) I don't know, because he's obviously offended, I would say. Yeah. so. And and he already, him and Tony, it's not like they're on the best terms because of the whole him denying him from torturing Tony Egg and all of that. So, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting thing going on. It's it's fun that the least dramatic thing going on in this murder is the actual murder. Yeah. And what's dramatic is who asked for it and who knows about it and who's going to do what with that information that's the actual politics going on yes absolutely uh so yeah benny's at the i mean yeah Artie's at his empty restaurant benny's basically like almost getting a hand job at the bar kind of she's like reaching up his leg uh and this is classic in the very same way we talked about you know back in the days of carmilla where Carmela had a shorthand to a certain extent where we would understand that Carmela would pine over a man who wasn't Tony and it would all play out in her mind and nothing would ever happen. Although, of yeah. course, we saw that come much more closer with Furio and then she did have some relations once they were separated. Yet again, we have like a shorthand here with Artie where we know he has like this crush on yet another hostess. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's not done, like, doing it again could almost teeter on, like, all right, we get it, it's the same shit. But I feel like there's m- enough new here, and they they do play with it where you understand what's happening without having to over-explain it. Like, I love when he, she says something like, um, uh, it might be later on, but when she says, like, you know, you're so mean to me, and he's like, 
Why? Helping you find that apartment? Teaching you how to drive? Like, <laughs> he's such the... Yeah, let's get short on it. It's like, yeah, of course that happened. <laughs> he's um, such the pathetic, he... <laughs> like, I'll be friends with her. I'll do all this stuff. And then she's going to love me or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I just love it. Yeah, it works because at the end there, she is like, well, saying that he looks at her like a piece of meat and that that's been obvious all along. And I, I never fuck you. <laughs> and... Uh, but anyway, in this earlier scene, um, he lets her know that he's not going to be able to help with the whole green card process. Um, yeah. And, you know, not going to be able to speed it up. Sorry about that. But, I mean, she's still employed. So, like, yeah. he sponsors her or something. So maybe it would be fine anyway. Just not sped up. But who knows? It's a very stressful process yeah. trying to get that green card. It's still. It's just such a shit, like... Just shitty move on his part anyways because of what? He's just helping her because he thinks he's going to fuck her or like they're going to get married or something. Like whatever he <laughs> thinks in his head. Uh, yeah. But now it's like, oh, okay. I mean, it's one thing to be annoyed that, hey, you're supposed to be working. Like, uh, please don't give this guy a hand job at the bar. Uh, I know she wasn't literally giving him a hand job, but come on. Uh, but, you know, it's one thing to just be annoyed that she's working, but like he's just doing his arty thing or kind of yeah. the you know, the, 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 the friend zone, sad guy thing. And now he's going to not help her just because he's like sad about it. Um, yeah. And then, so we get to explore his psyche even further regarding this in the next scene where he's in the Bing and Tony comes over. And the first thing Artie says is like pointing at one of the strippers, like you could fuck her, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, like, and Tony's like, yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% still getting back on track with the old health. And he's like, and, and Artie just goes on this rant about like guys like me would come here and get drunk and stare. Best case scenario, we get a dry hump and blow our pants. And Tony's like, what is this conversation that I've entered into that I did not agree to this when I came and sat down? Um, and he, Tony's, you know, comes about it, uh, about it from the wrong direction. Like, Look, if if you really want to fuck her, I can probably like we can sort that out. <laughs> yeah, we can really figure like, it out. <laughs> nah, I couldn't. But you, you, oh, guys like you, and you know it's all about guys like you and guys like me with Artie and the path that he's been on uh, during his whole life, the straight and narrow, more or less, um, and so on. So, and yeah. Anyway, he also makes Tony feel bad about the whole going to the restaurant thing too. Yes, yeah, they start getting kind of passive-aggressive. He's bringing that up, and I think he brings up the fire as well. Uh, going like, it's like last time yeah. you were concerned. And then, then Tony hits him with the, like, yeah, give you another fresh start so you can fuck it up. Oh, uh, yeah, and that's so, so, yeah, they, they, like, it gets really heated, but then he goes to leave, and then even Tony's like, no, nah, come on, like, I'm, so, I'm not trying to argue with you, but Artie's like, hey, your heart's in the right place. I understand, you know? Uh, and then I think what, then we have him back at home talking to Charmaine and. Oh, I want to point out, he yeah. doesn't say your heart's in the right place. He says, I know where your heart is. Oh, that's what it is. sounds okay. a bit more menacing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, it, 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 anyway, just before we leave that scene, it feels like it's a slightly different Artie cause you know, he's in this contemplative mood, but usually he'd break down and cry right yes, there. But yep. the pressure and tension is still sort of building him in him. And he's like, no, no, you sit down. It's fine. He's just there to reflect on what his life is and what Tony's life is and all of that. But yeah, moving on. Yeah. Then we have, yeah, Char Artie and Char Charmaine in bed and she's kind of telling him that maybe less chatting with the guest author 
author, you know, like maybe you should be in the kitchen, shouldn't be out there bugging people. They're there to talk to each other, not you. Yeah. Uh, and he has a great, I, I love his, he's like, oh, New, you, you're saying New Jersey Zagats is wrong? Arthur Bucco, warming uh, convivial host. Convivial host. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great, great lines. That's a great detail. Yeah. And she, again, like, this is the scene I guess I was thinking of where she's actually very kind and, like, maybe don't do that. And he's, yeah. like, in a sulk. And she's like, aw, because she knows he loves to do that and to be that and that that's worked in the past, but it's not what's working right now. But, yeah, he's just being very, very difficult and, about the whole thing. And he is kind of doing the classic Tony thing here um, because he's just not taking responsibility for his own actions. Uh, yeah. He's just doing the, you know, everything else. Like, that's why, like, he can't admit that it's partially him chatting and not, like, focusing on the kitchen or the food or whatever. Uh, It has to be what he's talking about, like, the bread guy or the meat guy or whatever it is when the scene starts. It's, like, all this stuff that's happening, plus the new restaurant. People just want – they're just excited because it's new – so, yeah, I mean, some of those things, obviously, there are layers that are true, but you still have to, like, take your own responsibility. Yes. So next we have Christopher and Lil Carmine arriving in L.A., and this is the scene where I'm like, oh, yeah, Lil Carmine, so weird that, like, he was going to be boss of New York at one point, maybe. <laughs> and then, like, they sunk his boat and, like, someone, yeah, his friend got killed. And now he's helping Christopher this captain, this lower-level captain, try to sell his script to Ben Kingsley. It's just the way he backed out of trying to be boss. It kind of showed that he's the kind of guy who just doesn't follow through on things. So having him be here and having him be the kind of guy who's involved in, like, pitching and selling things and, like, oh, they passed. What can you do? Sell a V. We still got some champagne out of it. It's like, I don't know. It uh, it really makes sense. Uh, but he's quite considerate about not wanting to drink in front of Christopher, but that's all right. Not going to be a problem at all for old Christopher, is it? Oh, yeah. No, not at all. I, I do want to call out, like, it's not, like, a, a big deal, but, like, it's interesting they do this big sweeping shot. I mean, I guess it's to show, like, here we are, we're in Hollywood or they're in Beverly Hills or whatever. But they do this, like, long track, like, crane shot. Like, we see the water, then, like, the street. And it kind of, like, comes in now when they're at the, uh, like, the the valet parking or whatever. It just felt mm-hmm. like it didn't feel Sopranos to me. Uh, yeah. But I guess, like, in a good way because I guess it's, like, here they are. They're in another location Kind of, I guess, similar to sometimes they've been in Miami or, of course, the the Italy, Italy episode. Uh, but I just wanted to call that out. And, yeah, but it, it, in the same way that you're talking about, like, obviously, little Carmine was not fit to be boss. This does seem like up his alley, at least. Mm. Like, this seems, I, I think what they mentioned, I think, what was he doing in Miami? He was doing, like, club promotion or something like that. Uh, yeah. so, and I guess he did say in the previous episode that he did produce some low budget films. So this does feel like he's right at home, uh, with, with this side of the business. Like not that he's great at it or anything, but <laughs> it just feels like he's more comfortable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad, I mean, for his sake, I'm glad he didn't stick it out cause he would have just gotten killed. So <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Uh, um, so we have already again, another scene with him and the hostess and Benny where he kind of sees them and walks over and this time she's already like running away from him uh, (laughs) as he's coming up because he's obviously acting more erratic and stressed and everything and um, 
basically just gets into a, his first of many arguments. Well, no, not the first. It's already happened, but yeah, bit of an argument with uh, with Benny about like she's my employee, so you know, this is uh, you know, I uh, I I tell her what to do. That's what we do. Yeah. And then he, Benny threatens her. Uh, sorry, him in return, and uh, he he just laughs it off like because <laughs> you talked so much around that threat. I almost missed it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but it, even more tension building here. Yeah, Charmaine pulls him away, um, and then Artie's trying to take like a moral high ground where he's like, "It's disgusting. He's a married man." When it's like he's tried to cheat like so many times. Uh, yep. And then yeah, then we got Christopher back at the hotel. He's got uh, he's got a hooker and he's got coke. You know, he's in when in Hollywood, right? Like, if you want to pitch a film, you got to get in the right mindset. Am I wrong? You're totally right, Jim. We need to go to Hollywood real quick. Um, so let's see. We have another scene here. With, again, back at the restaurant, Tony's there eating. Um, well, Tony's there hanging out, waiting for his... No, wait. This is the one where Tony's there on his own, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes in restaurants in this uh, yes. episode, Jim. I get them mixed up. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And yeah, I think he is just still like waiting for his food. I think Artie has like some uh, excuse or something. And then... Tony starts making recommendations, uh, try to help out the business. And then Artie says, you know, want to help? Why don't you pay your tab? Uh, and he brings up how, I guess, when Barone was sick, they had a big event there with a bunch of waste management guys. And, of course, Tony didn't pay for that, but he paid He paid Pat Cooper, the, the, the hired entertainment, of course. Um, and Tony looks genuinely surprised, like he never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... Oh, yeah. I do never pay here, do I? Yeah. Yeah, because... <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's uh, given all this advice on twofers and things. Um, <laughs> like, and he and Artie's like, oh, if I wanted to turn into IHOP, you know, I, I'd do that, but I don't. Uh, I just want money. But he doesn't get it. And then, um, yeah, because you got to remember, like, I guess that's the give and take because Tony, like, to by Tony going there, he does bring a lot of business between all the other, you know, crews, families, whatever. But then it's like, well, how much of it's actually paid for? How much of it yeah. isn't? Uh, so, yeah, he when when times are tough, he's, a, he's, he's even of a bigger detriment to the restaurant. We got a nice little shout-out to the hotel from, what is that, season one, I guess, because we got yeah. the Hasidic Jew guy working there, and he's handing off some of the credit card numbers uh, to Murmur. And, um, oh, and then I think we got what Amex shows up. Yeah. Then the, the people from Amex show up at Artie's restaurant. Uh, I was surprised that they would be kind of like ballsy enough to fuck with his shit because again, he has that connection to Tony and I'm sure they're already getting, Oh, you mean Benny or the credit card guys? Yeah. Yeah. But like Benny, Tony in general, uh, yeah. like not that. I mean, I, I guess Tony, I do believe when Tony says he wasn't aware of it, but he also doesn't really care that much because, hey, he's still making money, uh, what, yeah. even if they're stealing credit cards from, from Artie's restaurant. Uh, so, yeah, that causes some issues because his business is already down, and now if they're not allowed to, uh, to accept Amex, that's even more customers that probably will just uh, go somewhere else then. Yeah. Um, so then we get into, uh, the Ben Kingsley portion of the episode, which I always love when actors agree to play like themselves, but they're kind yeah. of a piece of shit. This is not quite on the level of say, uh, extras or something like that, 
but uh, he's still kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of plays he plays a shitty version of himself. Um, because yeah, he has to take this meeting because what did they say? Something happened with like his publicist or or one of his managers. They had to they helped him out. He owed him a favor. Um, yeah. And yeah, he has to sit and listen to them. Like, of course, like it's not Ben Kingsley's going to be excited for this mob slash low budget horror film that they're making about uh, what a wise guy that comes back from the dead. And they're like, oh, oh of course, you'll sorry, be the boss. Talk- <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you're talking about the blank meets blank that they're doing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the ring meets the godfather? We got a blank meets blank, everybody. Now, if you didn't know, me and Jim have a podcast called Blank Meets Blank that you can find at showswhatyouknow.com. Um, on it, we take two randomly drawn concepts, um, say much like the ring meets the godfather, and then we make up a television show based on those random prompts. And you can listen to the first three episodes. The latest one is called uh, Founding Fathers. It's where we pulled out uh, the Brady Bunch and the American Dream. Yes. And then we had to combine those into a sitcom. And what we ended up with was Founding Fathers, which is a sitcom, a studio sitcom about a gay married couple who take over a theme park based on the uh, Revolutionary uh, <laughs> War and the Founding Fathers in general. Yeah. Um, so that was just based on random input and uh, it ended up with something really hilarious and just as absurd as this thing of like, it's a mob movie, but it's also a horror movie with Ben Kingsley. Uh, I'd say ours is a little more ridiculous, <laughs> but not by much. You can find all of that at showswhatyouknow.com or simply by searching Blank Meets Blank on your podcatcher of choice. Oh, man, that was a nice plug. That was seamless. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, he's a piece of shit, which is great. And they meet Lauren Bacall, uh, old school actress. Now, I almost thought for a second, I thought Christopher's like genuine love of film would score him some points here because he is Ben Kingsley's, you know, he he's a little bit of, not impressed, but like, you can tell that Christopher's like, wow, loved your work, loved this, loved that. Uh, and I almost thought that would get him somewhere. And it doesn't really, yeah. but um, yeah, it's something. And they do mention that what Lauren Bacall was in uh, The Haves and The Have-Nots. And that's kind of what we're seeing through this episode. Not that like these people are destitute, like Artie or Chris or whatever, but you know, they, they see people that have stuff that they want. Why don't I have that yeah. stuff? You have it. Yeah. I don't have it. Um, That's the next scene that they end up in this, uh, I guess this is the luxury lounge, maybe? I, the one where they're just getting loads of free stuff. Yes. And Ben's just, ah, all right, can I have this one too? <laughs> Ridiculous, really. Well, I'll have it all, thank you. <laughs> and Chris does call his sponsor uh, right beforehand, just kind of tell, well, murmur, basically says he, like, he needs them out there. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, I love this because, I mean, this is like a real thing, right? They especially like at award shows and shit, you just give celebrities a bunch of free shit so they can be like spotted by the paparazzi or be at a photo shoot or something with your item. And that's great marketing for you, correct? Well, I don't know. In my generation, they just send free shit to YouTubers. So in the (laughs) next generation, I'm sure it's all on Instagram or Snap, what have you. Um, But no, for me, it's just like, oh, if you're mildly successful on the Internet, you just get free shit sent to you all the time. I've never seen or heard of these actual events where you're just handing shit out. But uh, I guess it makes sense, especially if you're actually famous and not just YouTube famous. Yeah, and we see uh, Wilmer Valderrama is there. 
from that 70s show and Lindsay Lohan's boyfriend fame, <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> at least back in the day. Uh, now, and when I'm watching this too, and Christopher's walk, like looking around, I, I guess I gave Christopher too much credit because I'm thinking like, ooh, the crime mind is is like taking over and he's like working out a scam or something. But no, I think he's just kind of like, what the fuck? They get all this stuff. <laughs> They get yeah, all this he even, shit. He brings it up with Ben, like, what? <laughs> you don't have to pay? Like, Can I have that? And I would almost think that they would give him that, but uh, yeah. I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, and I like how when he sees him later, he's like, hey, can you bring me back into that place? Can you bring me back in that room? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of that. Him asking several times, like, but wait, why would I? Because he gets drunk and then calls <laughs> and like calls his extension. I'm like, oh, no, this is going to go horribly. But uh, Ben handles it with grace. Now, there's a several short scenes uh, from here on out, but it's an interesting flip of from you know this uh, the scene where Ben is very much like he's you know in control of what's going on, obviously, and then later when they've already sort of been rejected, at least as far as the luxury lounge, not completely rejected on the script, but like when he's there, even with Murmur, who isn't the most uh, intimidating guy, but just there in the elevator, oh, standing yeah. uh, sort of over him, it's kind of like. Because they make Ben such a piece of shit, it's kind of like nice that he's reversing the fortunes. And again, Christopher's a murderer. Like we shouldn't be sympathizing <laughs> with this. Um, that just because he didn't get a free Walkman or whatever, he's stolen loads of those. Uh, but yeah, it, it's fi- funny because you know that that reversal of like, oh, we we couldn't win playing by your rules. Well, now I'm gonna play by my rules. Uh, except he obviously doesn't win that either. He just kind of throws a bit of a fuck you by grabbing that basket and that. But uh, well, yeah, the thing that's great about Christopher's thing here is that once he goes in the luxury room, he like forgets all about the movie they're trying to make, and oh, it's yeah. not even about like he's not calling Ben Kingsley drunk to be like, "What about the script? What do you think about the script?" Because even like even when he had his John Favreau which is this kind of is like an echo or like a little callback to that in a weird way. But when he had his John Favreau thing, he like ruined that. But like, at least it was over the script and over the, like what the idea, he thought he stole his idea and stuff like that. But here it's just, Oh my God, this free shit. And I guess that ties into how, you know, as soon as he gets to Hollywood, he gives into all his vices and he's drinking, he's doing drugs. He's whoring. I love the, the start of the scene when right when murmur shows up but there's there's a the prostitute or something like locked in the bathroom and he's going come on come out he's like i wasn't going through your purse i was moving it and it fell and like he said the point where he was gonna like rob (laughs) he's gonna like rob a prostitute he's staying in this like nice suite in a nice beverly hills hotel but he's still like just that dirt bag and he's not getting anything done even his silly stupid script idea i mean a lot of silly stupid shit gets made in hollywood so it's even not even that crazy that he's like out there pimping his his idea at least but the fact that he's just giving into everything and just wants stuff and drugs and sex it's i don't know it's it's a it's just a great like so in character christopher thing that happens here Oh, yeah, losing totally track of what they're there to do and feeling like it's a victory because they (laughs) snatched a basket, you know. Um, And, yeah, kind of to jump to the end of that storyline when they're on the plane and Ben Kingsley gets on, I thought he would be like, haha, that was hilarious. I actually hate hate Laura or whatever her name is. Laura, mm, what's her name? Oh, uh, Uh, Lauren Bacall. 
Oh yeah, I actually hate Lauren McCall. That was hilarious. Wink. I thought yeah. that's what was gonna happen, but no, he's just kind of like awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that kind of all plays out while that's going on. Uh, Benny brings like a nice, uh, fat stack of cash to Tony. Uh, Tony, I guess, decides to send that money over to Artie because he's still thinking about Artie's going through some shit. Tony still feels mm. bad about going to uh, Dodge Giovanni's and uh, about his tab. Then we have some of the clips we heard at the start of the show where Artie's, <laughs> Artie and Charmaine are running the, the team meeting. And I love how, because they're trying to handle it in like a nice professional manner uh, until that freak out that happens <laughs> uh, that started off the show. And what, the yeah. the Mexican guys are making comments about like Charmaine's tits. They want to bury their cock in her tits or whatever. Artie keeps looking at that one guy because he has insider information that he wore a coat from the lost and found. And he makes comments, what, about like stealing like pickles or something. And a, what was the other thing? Um, oh, some toilet paper or something like this isn't just, you know, toilet paper. You know, this is credit card numbers. We just wanted to stop. We're not going to alert the authorities. And he keeps looking at that one guy, gets him all worked up. And then finally, he just turns into him being like, okay, all you pieces of shit. <laughs> I treat you what good. I love about this scene is that we've all been in meetings in work and we've all listened to this bullshit of like, look, we're like a team. We're like a family. Got to stick together and all pull and be part of the team. And meanwhile, you're just everyone's there is just like, this is such bullshit. Everything here is bullshit. But no one can say it's bullshit. You're just kind of like, yeah, team spirit, hashtag team spirit, company values, let's do this and that. And then this uh, <laughs> this freak out where Artie goes from going like, look, we're not, we wouldn't turn you in. Like, it, it just shows what a lie the previous bit is yes. where he's talking about just come to us. It's way better to come to us than to these people in the suits. And then like <laughs> talking about how it's nonstop ass fuck from you pieces <laughs> of shit and how much he hates you and throws the table and all that. Like... I would appreciate if uh, if a manager at work feels that way. Just do it, all right? Just throw the table so we know yeah. where we stand. Don't give us this bullshit, Artie. Yeah, and that's why I really... Like, this is the point of the episode where I'm like, this is more than just Artie being his awkward self. I, <laughs> I like Artie more when he's actually, like, following through on his insanity that's going on in his head, bringing it out into the real world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's played, it's played great. It's really funny. Um... And then we have what Martina and Benny kind of confirms. You know, I mean, throughout the episode, already kind of if they if he's got issues with credit card companies, you know that Tony or someone from his crew is involved, and Benny's been around. He's at dinner with his wife, and uh, Martina's freaking out because of what's happening. Um, and they're at oh yeah, they're eating at D, uh, Da Giovanni's as well. So that's a nice even even a little extra fuck you. Uh, yeah. Then we have Artie sees a rabbit in his garden, <laughs> grabs his gun and shoots it. And again, <laughs> one of the best details about that is when Charmaine's like, "Author, you're gonna get uh, uh, we're gonna have a repeat of the Fourth of July." They said, "Don't be you can't be shooting the gun out in uh, out in, in city the borough limits." Yeah. <laughs> I just love that detail. Like this is not the first time, and he's gotten in trouble for it. Uh, yeah. it's genius. So we have a quick scene back in L.A. that we already mentioned where uh, Murmur shows up on the uh, prostitutes in the bathroom. But moving on from that. 
I love this next scene, how it starts with Artie in the kitchen, and he's like being really calm and collected now, because of course that's what happens. And he's just like, black truffle doesn't have the intensity of white, so you got to use more. All right, but I think, you know, you're going to get it, and I'll be doing this. And he's so like convivial, convivial and apologizing to everyone, and he does get a piece of information that, uh, yeah, Martina is her name, might be kind of involved from this snitch, from this rat. I love, uh, who... yeah, I love this character because we find out that she was also the one that told him about the, <laughs> about uh, the, coat. the, the coat from Lost and Found. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she mentions that Martina has these shoes that are like $600. I know she makes more than me, but, you know, these are really expensive shoes. Um, and yeah, I think that's where he kind of, he, they have like their blow up like Martina yeah. and Artie. And yeah, you look at me like a piece of food or you look at me like food or something like that. Yeah. And uh, that's where he mentions like, which is like, you're so mean to me. And he's like, well, I, how? Helping you find an apartment, teaching you to drive? <laughs> yeah. Well, I never fuck you. <laughs> and Artie's just like, uh, yeah, because he's saying that <laughs> she says that she's going to go to Benny and they're going to fuck on a pile of money that they embezzled <laughs> from his stupid restaurant. And they're going to laugh So, at I him. mean, <laughs> he is provoked at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty annoying all in all. Uh, but, yeah, it's so many factors that come together so perfectly, for specifically for Artie's personality. So, of course, he goes over to Benny. Well, the I, most surprising... I just oh, want to call out another great Artie-ism that happens. Like, as she storms out he goes to the door and he yells we lead the world in computerized data collection <laughs> oh my god i love that that's like a gdpr meme i gotta i gotta snatch that for like <laughs> yeah because you know you gotta stay up on your uh data privacy uh regulations these days so i'm i'm definitely getting that as a gif um <laughs> but anyway yeah he goes over to benny's and um like benny's like hey i was gonna cut you in or whatever and he calls martina trick and he's like how dare you even though he's just he just he's there for a fight yeah. like he just wants a fight and he gets it and he kind of wins which is yes. you know like whoa what's going on it's super surprising but also kind of like like hell yeah like you you know yeah. because you totally expect us i mean I, everything we've seen of Artie up to this point like he doesn't win this fight it's like oh no here we go he's pushing it too far and kind of ties into what you've been talking about like this is kind of a little bit different Artie. Like he's kind of, uh, I don't know if it's just that he's letting loose more or just kind of d dealing with things head on, but he gets rocked at first, but then he comes back and he, and he beats, uh, beats Benny, like beats the shit out of him. Basically. The only problem yeah. is he can't just take the win. Like he got this W and it even gets to the point where Tony, you know, says like, Hey, it's over. But he pushes it. That's that's his downfall. Pride, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because it's interesting that the next scene we see is uh, with them. I mean, is with Artie and Charmaine and Tony and Carmilla out on the boat. The Stugats 2, I oh, guess, yes. or whatever yep. it's called. Um, and that's interesting because that's like inner circle stuff. You know, you're not out on the boat just for, for nothing. Um, but then Tony brings him aside and, and talks about how, you know, how he's out of his fucking mind and all. Because um, now, you know, you're going to get killed. Great job. <laughs> yeah. um, or, and, but it's, again, it's kind of where, where um, Artie opens up and lets out some of his like, I actually was such a dumb fuck believing that my, his father that, you know, you'll see in the end it pays off and he's almost crying. And that's when Tony's like, uh, 
fuck yeah. this again and he says that you start thinking crazy things or whatever when you when you get like this so does he yeah. tell him um does he tell him that he goes to, about in pity for himself here or oh no 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 oh, that's it's... that's later okay that's later i'm sorry oh my god such a great <laughs> such a great line to keep <laughs> yeah. coming back to um but yeah anyway um so we have Christopher finds out that Ben Kingsley passed. He tosses the sunglasses that he got. <laughs> yeah, like um, tries to break them and then he throws them off. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then Benny's there talking to Tony about how he's going to... Yeah, like you said, it, 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 he, he gets the W because he says, you know, don't shit where you eat is what Tony tells Benny and it's going to be over. He's going to apologize to you, Benny. And you just gotta go there and get a good rate and whatever. Yeah, more and, and uh, uh, more importantly, don't shit where I eat. Yes, <laughs> and, and yeah, like, the, and the thing is, I guess you kind of should know the way Artie's acting on the yacht. That like, because with other characters or even in another show or something, it would be like he wins the fight and now all of a sudden he like can walk through with his head held high and like he takes the the victory and it's like works out better for that character but no he's like he's all fucked up and drunk and he's probably like doing a little tony b maybe looking at uh tony's yacht that he has and shit and probably getting even more bitter about it uh but he would have gotten the w because yeah tony handles it he even makes benny uh change the venue from uh, da Giovanni's to Vesuvio for like his parents' anniversary or whatever that's coming up. Um, yeah. And... and then he has to go over and make a reference to like a Martina, which is like a martini, but uh, Albanian yes. or whatever. And that's just such a, I don't know. He, he, he really has to rub it in, which is obviously the wrong thing to do because rightly so, Benny goes and fucks him up a bit. He doesn't kill him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just fucks him up a bit, which is pretty much fair enough at that point. So it's just like, it feels like the, there's been several scenes where Charmaine is, uh, uh, it's just like, oh my God, someone do this, someone do that, <laughs> yeah. someone clean this up, someone call 911. <laughs> yeah. Because of Artie's idiocy. Um, so that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's because of the timing of like, he has, they, they introduced the two first because right beforehand, you got the two furs, and that brings in kind of the elderly. And Sopranos loves kind of mocking the elderly, <laughs> and it, but yes. it is like the elderly would love a two fur. They come in nice and early, right when you open. Uh, they're yep. there waiting for you to open the doors. Um, and I guess it's too much because yeah, he can't help but come out and make some cracks to to Benny, even though things are kind of he he would have won here. And yeah, yeah. kind of don't blame Benny for going in, but yeah, he does attack him, puts his hand in the hot sauce. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Uh, um, Charmaine has to yell for someone to call 911. And then we see Artie with a nice, you know, comical bandage wrapped around his hand. Uh, we do get kind of a nice detail in the next scene when Tony and Carmela and Carmen's mom are there that uh, Carmen, her father, are still kind of not on good terms yeah. uh, with all the spec house business that's going on. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and that's, so we get the next scene here. Um, when I guess Tony comes into the kitchen for a word. Yes. Um, and that's when we get the repeat of you go about and pity for yourself, uh, <laughs> line. So it doesn't follow it up with the, the wind that is back. But yeah. I mean, Tony's intention here is good for once, or I mean, it, it's often good. It's just the outcome's bad, but he says, I'm going to give you the name of a good psychiatrist. She's Italian and whatever. And that's like, 
exactly what Artie needs, obviously. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and uh, as shown throughout this episode of him going into this manic, panicked sort of states of all these things he's doing, and he brings up that he goes about in pity for himself, and yeah. Um, and and I don't know if it's just because we, we, we were not in Tony's head through most of this episode, but I'm like really believing like, wow, Tony is, he's like different now and he maybe he is uh like if something was going on with him he could learn from his own advice i mean i guess that's yet to be proven but you're yeah. right he's doing the right things here uh he's making proper recommendations and it does the line actually works like he tony is one to use lines incorrectly or in wrong instances but this is kind of like a good example i love how he brings up the season one finale uh, yeah. when they talk about how they came in from the storm and him and his family and stuff like that is the only place they wanted to be. Um, so yeah, good stuff. And I, I, I really love the, I guess the, the breakthrough mo I read it as a breakthrough anyways, when Artie is like finding his passion again and kind of yeah. busting out his grandfather's, uh, cookbook or whatever, and you know he gets to pull out the rabbit he killed, and you know he's 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 back in the mode. He's back into what a young Arthur Bucco was probably out there hustling to get his own restaurant. You know. Yeah, that was a really lovely end to the episode. But it's The Sopranos, and I don't think he will change. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's great to have at least that one moment. Um, because yeah, I also love the reference to season one from from Tony there, and. Yeah, he tells him, you know, he he does this heartfelt speech and Artie's still kind of like, you know, why don't you go to Do Do Giovanni's then uh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and that's when Tony's like, all right, stop with the corny jokes at least. Yeah. That's somewhere to start. Because Tony keeps his cool throughout this, even though he's fucked with like his income and whatever. Like, Tony does seem more... Uh, relaxed in general he just he doesn't want to kill Vito just because he's gay and he doesn't <laughs> want all this bullshit to happen where he eats he just kind of wants to take it easy and Christopher not to go off to LA and get shit fucked up that's the next scene him arriving oh, yes. with all this stuff from the basket uh, which we skipped over but I mean great scene where the, where they rob the basket as a sort of symbolic thing more than anything obviously of going like fuck you LA <laughs> yeah 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 he gets a punch an old lady it reminds me of um it's very reminiscent to me of when Jerry Seinfeld steals the rye bread or whatever from the old lady uh, in the street. He doesn't punch her or anything, but just kind of struggling with an old woman to steal mm. something. It, it reminded me of that. I do like that when it all comes down to it, Tony's really not that impressed with the stuff. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, here's a trip to Australia or something. He's like, oh, yeah, 20-hour flight. Who cares? <laughs> uh and then what he looks at like a watch or something is just kind of go oh, okay he's kind of digging through the bag a little bit nothing really that impressive and that's kind of what they have to show for it uh chris does bring up adriana again and um well he doesn't bring up by name tony brings her up by name because tony's what like you know how many times you're gonna play the adriana card so i guess yeah. tony hasn't fully changed <laughs> changed because obviously that's a big deal to chris yeah, that's the end of the scene, and it's kind of like that's him going like, all right, you got your little trip, but you couldn't do it. You failed. You're not going to bring in loads of money from this film. Like, stop trying to get preferential treatment just because of that one thing, even though it's a huge thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then we get the kitchen scene where our young couples come out out of the rain, 
and he takes out his old cookbook and all that that we mentioned and it's really nice and then we get the two italians on the way back to to italy yeah and, and did it. you did you see um david chase himself in that scene I did. I mean, yeah. I didn't notice at first. Oh, okay. I'm aware that David Chase is there. I, and I it noticed. it's great that he... Yeah, of course he did. Uh, <laughs> uh, he obviously appeared as an Italian man originally. Yeah. So it's great to have him on a plane back to Italy because it's like, that could be the same guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's got to be the same guy, right? To me, it was almost distracting, but I guess it's only because, you know, obviously we've been doing a show and i read about him a lot and see stuff with him so i'm like oh david chase come on dude you got to be in the fucking scene but yeah, yeah he's the same guy that's that that that's the commendatory yeah it wasn't distracting to me <laughs> uh but after the fact like yeah there's the commendatory <laughs> um anyway yeah very comedic episode like you said it's not really a a break as such but it's you know after all this life and death stuff going on uh, I mean, granted, we've had some stuff in between, too, but it's very, very serious opening to the season. And this is a change of pace from all that and a, a welcome one, I'd say. Yeah. And I mean, it, it still plays in because like it really is come down to like the theme of this season is kind of like getting out of whatever yeah. that might be, whether, you know, Vito's trying to get out. We had um, fuck, I forget the guy in the first episode's name who had to kill himself. Uh, yeah, was it like Eugene or something? And, and it was Eugene. And then Christopher, even with Hollywood, that's like that's always been a thing potentially that he could that he could leave for. And I mean, Tony is trying John sack trying to get out of <laughs> yeah, prison. Yeah, and I mean, Tony, I guess, uh, kind of get out to be like a new person in a way, or you know, yeah. there's a lot of a lot, a lot of stuff. It's all it all kind of ties in. It's definitely like. A lighter episode because even though Sopranos is always pretty funny, yeah, they definitely lean more into the comedy, but I think it's kind of welcome. Uh, but yeah, I've been really because as we get into this, like, I mean, I guess we're well past the back half, but between like five, six, and six B or seven, whatever you want to call it, I have not seen these episodes like I think outside of maybe just once. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that I've forgotten and uh, not familiar with, but I'm really enjoying this season so far. Well, as am I. Uh, so not too surprisingly, I'd say, are you enjoying this season? Why not share your thoughts at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com or maybe leave your thoughts in a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be much appreciated. Uh, beyond that, we did mention uh, Blank Meets Blank, which you can find at showswhatyouknow.com. Uh, we also just did an episode on El Camino, uh, the Breaking Bad movie. Um, and you can find that as well at showswhatyouknow.com and the main Shows What You Know feed, which has Cut to Black and all our other programming as well. All of that, again, can be found at showswhatyouknow.com. Is there anything else, Jim? Uh, well, I mean, of course, please review the show. Please uh, tell a friend. And uh, there's just one more thing left. Oh, what's that? Cut to Black. <laughs> <laughs>